Well, today we're going to start a new series, and it's going to be a two-week series, uh, so a little mini-series, and we're going to call it Temporary Home, Temporary Home. And I want to share uh, some random thoughts on life and eternity with you this morning, and we're going to look at um, a scripture as kind of our starting point in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 14. The writer of Hebrews says, For this world is not our permanent home, we are looking forward to a home yet to come. This world that we live in, this world in which we reside, is not our permanent home. Like it or not, you're not going to stay here forever. There is something beyond this life. This life is not our permanent home. And for those who claim to follow Jesus, we are looking forward to a home that is yet to come. There is something much better than this life in store and for some of us, it's easy to lose perspective of that, isn't it? Have you ever considered how easy it is to lose perspective in certain situations? Now, I know some of you have um, young kids that play sports, youth sports. Uh, right now, my kids are playing, two of my sons are playing um, baseball. And um, I came across this video yesterday. I'm not going to show you the video, but let me tell you about this video. The video was of a Little League baseball game, and the video was a parent recording an argument between the third base coach of the hitting team and the coach in the dugout of the team in the field. And as the video starts, you can see them just talking, you know, and all of a sudden they start walking toward each other. Okay, now this is a youth baseball game, okay? It's competitive. I get it. Youth sports in general, is competitive. And sometimes it's much more competitive for the parents than it is for the kids. Sometimes the kids haven't caught on to how competitive they should be in life. But for the parents, a lot of times, it feels as if if a call goes against your son's team or your daughter's team, then you feel like you take it personal, right? Or if the coach on the other team does something, asks their team to do something, kind of rubs things in against your team, you kind of take it personal, so we've got this, this conglomeration of like, we're proud of our kids playing, but we're competitive and we're protective at the same time. And so this coach is walking out of the dugout talking to this third base coach from the other team. And the next thing you know, the coach from the dugout is swinging at this third base coach. Kids on the field, kids on the bases, kids up to bat, and they're now rolling on the ground. I mean, swinging all out brawl. Adults are jumping over the fence to go and separate these parents running from the outfield, from the dugout, from the bleachers. Parents are invading the field to separate these two coaches who had done what? Who had lost perspective. It's a simple game for young kids. And somehow in the midst of the competition for the young kids who should be learning life lessons, who should be learning basic fundamental skills for their future athletics, potentially. These coaches, perhaps parents, had lost perspective. And somehow it became an argument between the two, which turned into an all-out brawl. There were some funny moments to the video. Some of the language was not so great. Um, I enjoyed watching it. But then I was just overwhelmed with the reality that in life, sometimes I'm guilty of the same thing. You know, not on the baseball field per se. Not yet, by the grace of God at least. 
But in life, I lose perspective. I forget sometimes what life's all about. We go through difficult moments. We go through competitive moments. We go through hard moments. And we get tied to things in this world that our life is surrounded by. And we forget the reason that we're here to start with. So what I want to do today is I want to share with you some good news. And I want to share with you some bad news. And I'm going to share with you a couple of responses to the news. Okay? I'm going to give you the good news first, because I know that you're going to ask for the good news if I were to give you an option. So here's the good news. The good news is this world that we live in, that the writer of Hebrews says, is not our permanent home. This world that we live in and everything in it is going to pass away. It's going to be no more. I love how the Apostle Paul, in a letter to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, he says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For our light and momentary troubles. Can we agree together that life can be difficult? That we face troubles in this life? In fact, Jesus promised that in this life you will have trouble. The good news for you, the good news for me, is that any amount of pain that we ever have experienced or will experience, any amount of suffering that we will ever have to endure, any tragic news that we're the recipients of, every hard season of our life. It's all going to pass away. It's all temporary in the grand scheme of eternity. The writer of Corinthians, the apostle Paul says, it's even light. It's momentary. It's not as big a deal as we think it is. But it's great news because when we're in the middle of these situations, it feels like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. And it feels like sometimes these seasons of our lives will never end that we can't get past the pain, that we can't outlive the pace of suffering that we sometimes face, that certain seasons of our life and circumstances of our life seem to just envelop us. And the good news is, it's temporary. It will pass away. There is coming a day for those who have placed their faith in Jesus, well, there will be no pain, there will be no suffering, there will be no tear. In fact, Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and we will live in the midst of complete perfection. That's the permanent home that is yet to come, that we eagerly await. But for the time being, temporarily, we have to endure some things. But the great news We have to keep this perspective. Whatever difficulties you may be facing right now, whatever hardships you may be staring at, whatever impossibilities that you can't seem to shake, there's coming a day where it's going to be wiped away. It's temporary. It's not going to last forever. You don't have to endure it forever. That's good news. The good news is the things of this world will pass away. The bad news... So will all your stuff. So will all the things that you have worked hard for. So will all the things that you've invested time and energy and resources into. It's all going to pass away. 
The great news is that the troubles and the pain and the suffering, it's going to end. The bad news for a lot of us, so are all the things that we love and we feel so inclined to work hard for. And we feel like we've earned and we have achieved in this life. It's all going to pass away. Now, some people may choose to dig a really big hole when they get buried. They might put a lot of stuff in the ground with them, but it's not going with them to the next life. Someone once said that there are no U-Hauls behind the hearse. You're not taking stuff with you when you leave this world. It doesn't matter how much money you have in a bank account. It doesn't matter how big a, a home or how many vehicles. It doesn't matter what accolades or achievements, how many promotions you've gotten, what your status in this world is, how many people follow you on social media. None of that matters because when all is said and done, it's temporary. Just like the pain, just like the suffering, just like the hardship. But I'm afraid that we lose perspective of the lives that we live here in our temporary home. We put way too much value on the things of this world that we live in than we should. We allow things of this world to capture our attention and to capture our affection and to capture our hearts. And we allow ourselves to give of ourselves to things that aren't going to last forever. And we can be so proud of achievements or accomplishments or acquisitions, but the truth is, perspective here, it's not going to last. It's temporary. There's been many a millionaire that have gone bankrupt. They understand in this world that it doesn't last. But there are going to be a lot of people when their life ends who it finally will click that everything that I worked so hard for in this life was in vain. I thought that I had accomplished a lot. I thought that I had achieved a lot, but I had lost perspective and I'd invested my life into things that in the grand scheme of eternity didn't really matter. Here's how James, the brother of Jesus, puts it in James chapter 4, verse 14. What is your life? This is the second half of the verse. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Think about that. Your life that you love so dearly, hopefully you'll live to 125. Even if you do, you're here for a moment and then you're gone. What is life? What is it that we give ourselves to what is it that we work so hard for? It's temporary. Listen, no disrespect. Mother Teresa, hero. Gone. Martin Luther King Jr., incredible impact on the world. Gone. You name the greatest leaders in the world. The greatest leaders the world has ever seen, the greatest leaders the world will ever see. And I'll show you someone who, like James, says their life is just a mist. It's here just for a brief moment, and then it's gone. We get infatuated with the shiny, with the glimmer, and we want to sparkle for the world to see. But we fail to keep the perspective that the sparkle ends and the mist fades, and there is an end 
to this temporary life that we live. I want you to think about it in a different way. Got some sand here. If it were possible for me to just grab one tiny grain of sand, and let's just pretend that this one tiny grain of sand represented our life, your life, my life. All the other sand in our life, our 85 years, our 100 years, our 50 years, our 22 years, our 14 years, it's just a tiny grain of sand. Do you realize that there are people in this world who live as if in the midst of all of the sand that covers the beaches, they think that their grain is the most important grain there is. Their little life, in comparison to all the sand in the world, they live as if it's the only thing that matters. You see it? Man, that's a good looking grain of sand right there. Tell you what, I mean, I'm talking about not just a little bit of sand here. There's a lot of sand in the world. This sand is representing time. And remember that one grain right there? Yep, that one. That's your life. Ain't it pretty? Wow, that's incredible. And we live in such a way that all the sand in all of the world representing eternity somebody's thinking he's gonna clean that up i'm not cleaning that up i got you hang with me hang with me remember your life that one right right there you're forgetting that all of this is a lot bigger than you but man do we live lives as if that grain of sand is the most important thing ever. Here's my question. If all of the sand, I heard someone describe it this way once, if a bird, if it were possible for a bird to fly to the moon and carry one grain of sand in his beak all the way to the moon and drop it off and fly back to the earth and grab one more grain of sand and fly to the moon and drop it off, that by the time that bird got every grain of sand on every beach, in all of the world, and flew it one grain of sand at a time to the moon, and came back and grabbed another grain of sand. By the time all of the beaches in all of the world were empty of sand, eternity would have just begun. Our life is just a mist. What is our life? Perspective. It's not as important as eternity. Our temporary home is not as important as our permanent home. And the way we live our lives can dictate our permanent home. So why would we, for the sake of one grain of sand, invest everything that doesn't matter in eternity, thinking that that grain of sand is going to capture the attention of the creator of the world, and he's going to be impressed with your grain. I mean, the color is just spectacular. I mean, the edges of that grain, you should see the edges. They're polished. It's beautiful. 
And God is concerned with that grain, but in the grand scheme of eternity. So how should we live our lives? No one wants to get to the end of your life, step over into eternity, and be like, well, I probably shouldn't have focused so much energy on that because hmm, it's gone. I don't have it anymore. I worked really hard for it. I gave my whole life to it, and now it's gone. So how should we live our lives? Let me share a couple of scriptures with you. First of all, I think that we should live our lives as foreigners. As foreigners. Here's what Peter says in 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. He says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Peter describes our lives here on this temporary earth as aliens and strangers. I don't know how many of you have traveled the world, or you've gone to a different country. I've been fortunate to go to a few different countries, Venezuela, Nicaragua, uh, to say a few. And in those countries, I can tell you that I felt like a foreigner. I didn't speak the language. I couldn't communicate in that environment the way I can communicate here in my environment. And there were times that I grew frustrated because I was just like, I don't even know what's going on here. I just don't fit in. And I'm trying to kind of decipher the things that are happening and understand the culture. I was told that in this culture, it was uh, considered rude not to eat certain things or drink certain things. And so I ate things that I didn't like and I drank things that I didn't like because I didn't want to offend people that I didn't even understand. I was a foreigner. I was a stranger. I was an alien. I didn't fit in. I would not want to live my entire life in that environment by choice. Unless I were able to adapt, of course. And Peter is saying, that's how our approach should be here on the earth. You're just an alien. You're just a stranger. Don't allow yourself to get so tied to this world that you fully understand it that you fully grasp how this world works. Make sure that you consider yourself a foreigner because you're not going to stay. And you don't fit in if you care more about eternity than you do your little grain of sand. So make sure your approach to life is as that of a stranger, an alien. There should be areas of our lives that just don't really fit. There should be areas of our lives that just don't really make sense to the people around us. We should allow ourselves to live in such a way that our perspective is considering the grand scheme of eternity and not just the moment in which we live. And people should ask us questions about why we make certain decisions. Why is it that you do that? It's because I, I, just, I just don't really fit in on this earth because I care more about eternity. This is all going to pass away. It's all going to fade away. It's going to become nothing. And I want my life to be lived for what's ahead of me, not what's in front of me. The second thing that I think we should do, how we should live, is that we should be rich. We should live rich lives. Let me explain. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
The Apostle Paul writes to young Timothy, who's the pastor of the church in Ephesus, and in verse 18, he says, Command them, the church, those aliens and strangers, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Your life isn't just about you. Make it count for others. Good deeds, generosity. Make your life about being rich in those things, not in how much you can accumulate for yourself. And I love this, verse 19. In this way, in being generous, in good deeds, in doing for others over ourselves, in this way, they will lay up a treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And the only way to do that is by giving of yourself. If you want to keep the proper perspective in the grand scheme of eternity, put others above yourself. Serve other people. Be rich in good deeds. Be generous and willing to share. Don't live your life so inwardly focused that you try to get everything you can out of this life, but live your life so outwardly focused that you try to give everything you can in this life. Make a difference in the lives of the kids that you teach. Make a difference in the lives of the people you work alongside of. Make a difference in the lives of your own kids and in the lives of their friends. Make a difference on the road when you're driving and the people around you don't know how to drive, which happens to me far too often. Maybe it's me, I don't know, but make a difference. Instead of living in such a way that you feel better in every situation, live in such a way that you make others' lives better. We live as foreigners and we live rich lives and good deeds. Thirdly, don't love the world. You ever known someone that fell in love with the wrong person and you cared about that person and you just said, oh, please, please don't love that person. That person is not good for you. Maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a friend, and they just, they fell in love with the wrong person. They're not going to treat you good. They're not going to have your best interests at heart. Man, do not fall in love with the world. It's the wrong thing to fall in love with. It will hurt you. It will leave you empty and lonely. The world is broken beyond measurement. And if we allow ourselves to fall in love with the world, we'll lose perspective on the grand scheme of eternity. 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 15. Maybe we don't have that one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. Don't allow yourself to love the things of this world. Don't allow yourself to get so engrossed with keeping up with your neighbors, your co-workers. 
We have so many infatuations with the things of this world, thinking that they'll satisfy, thinking that they will make us complete, thinking they'll bring us peace. And when all said and done, they're going to leave you empty. They're going to leave you hanging. But he who does the will of God, man, he will live forever. She will live forever. When you feel tempted to start loving the things of this world, that's when you got to step back and say, nope, not going to do it. This doesn't matter. I don't want my little grain of sand to get lost in eternity without making it count. And I'm not going to spend that grain of sand on things of this world that don't even satisfy, that will leave me empty in the end. And lastly, don't labor in vain. Don't work in vain. Don't give yourselves to things of this life in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Labor outside of the Lord is in vain. People may recognize your labor outside of the Lord. They might look up to you for things you've done outside of the Lord. They might admire you for things you've done outside of the Lord, but that's because we're living in this world. And the people who care about the things of this world are impressed with the things of this world. So if you want to impress the people of this world, then you can focus your energy, you can labor for the things of this world, but the promise at the end of the age is that you've labored in vain. I don't want to be guilty of living my life for the benefit of people in this world or for the admiration of people in this world at the expense of the glory of God. But the promise for you and the promise for me is that if you labor for the Lord, then you don't labor in vain. And every word that you speak in the Lord's name and every gift that you give in the Lord's name and every act of service that's done in the Lord's name, it's just sending treasures on ahead. Jesus said, you know, that he's not leaving us alone. He sent the Holy Spirit to be with us here on the earth, but he's gone on ahead to prepare a place for us. And we get to send stuff ahead by laboring for the Lord. And there'll come a day that we'll step into eternity and we'll get to see everything that we worked for that wasn't in vain, that honored God, that fulfilled his will and purposes for our lives. And that's the moment that we should be most proud of. I don't care if people write books about you. I don't care if they make movies about you. If it's not for the Lord, it's in vain. You might make some history books. They might teach you about things you did on this earth, but I can promise you, in the scheme of eternity, it's just a grain of sand. It's just a grain of sand. And I would rather forego work for the world 
so that I can work for the Lord and know that my labor is not in vain. We should live our lives as foreigners. We should be rich in good deeds. We should not love the world. And we should not labor in vain. And that'll keep us with a proper perspective that eternity counts more than this moment, this mist of our life. And we should live to get the most out of eternity and not the most out of this life. I'm going to end with a final scripture. And I just want to ask you a question. Here's the scripture, Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. The Apostle Paul says to the church at Philippi, but our citizenship is in heaven. We belong to the kingdom of God. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will, so that they will be like his glorious body. We're foreigners here because we're citizens there. Here's a question for you. Are you a citizen of heaven? Or is the world truly your home? The world is temporary. We have a home that's permanent that we eagerly await if we're citizens of heaven. So I want to pray for you. And then I want to give you a brief moment to respond if you choose to do so. Will you bow your head and let's pray together. Father God, thank you for proper perspective. Help us, Lord, to live lives with that perspective in mind. Help us to remember and be reminded and understand completely and fully that our life is just a mist. And we will pass away. Help us not to labor in vain. Give us the proper perspective. Remind us when we forget that perspective that eternity counts more than our momentary troubles. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen.